0: Our, our lives every day we put it up, we put it on the line we go we go to battle against Satan he's out there everywhere we go and how we conduct ourselves in our jobs and our attitude towards work goes a long way with with God They're showing us are we going to be worthy or all will be worth having in his kingdom to be his servants. You know, with today's job market, it's, it's pretty bleak picture out there for people looking to try to find work. A lot of jobs there that are maybe out there people can't, they can't uh, fill them because they don't have the right qualifications. And many employers are running scared with all the new regulations, Obamacare, it's a, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Well, I've got four points that I'll try to get through this morning and early afternoon. My son will raise his hand and let me know how much time I've got left so that I won't take into Gary's time because Gary's got a good, got a good <laughs> message. He's not been feeling quite up to par. So if I go a little bit long, I'm sure he won't mind, but well, the first point that I'd like to, to make, I got four points. So we kind of condense. you know, might have seven or five or we'll try to get through four. And the first point is we need to remember who we ultimately work for. You know, in a tough job market that we're experiencing, You know, we need to focus on our real real boss. You would turn over to Colossians 3. In verse 23. And it says, in the King James Version. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive and reward of the inheritance for you serve the, the lord mm-hmm. christ we need to remember that every every morning that we wake up before we go to work because it's i don't know if your job is like mine but it's become a little more stressful and every day that i don't wake up and pray that god will help me through that day it can become a real doozy of a day i mean i've had had some of those so that you know just Call on him, call on God and Jesus Christ because they're there for, for us to help us through the day. we we may think that our our employers who gives us our paycheck, but it's not it's God the Father and Jesus Christ and it's been that way f- since the beginning of man. Let's look at the first. Man to have a job. You we'll would turn back to uh, Genesis two, verse fifteen. And the Lord God took the man and put him in in the Garden of Eden to dress it, and to keep it. You know, wonder. You know, I don't know exactly what. Adam looked like but I can imagine that he was quite a specimen of a man the first man that God created and and God gave him a pretty simple job to obey him to follow him and to to keep the garden well how did how did Adam do Well, I think we all know the rest of the story but what happened Like we do sometimes, we sometimes we lose focus. Adam lost focus. He he forgot who he really worked for. He let Satan come in, give him his sales pitch, and he bought it. Adam and Eve. Well in our jobs we can lose focus too. We need to realize that we when we're at work we need to work. We don't need to be caught up in non-work activities. We don't need to be like the guy on the movie uh, Office Spaces where he, they asked, the, this company came in, we're, we're going to downsize and they asked him, well, what exactly do you do? What's a typical day? And he said, well, I come in late, I go, I do a break and then I surf the internet for a while, two hour lunch and and maybe I might do 15 minutes of work a day. Now, God expects a little bit more out of us. He, he expects us to be a light in our workplace, to be a, an example to others. But you might say, well, I've got an, ex- an excuse because my boss, he's a real jerk. And he, he, he makes me lose focus. Well, that's really not an excuse either. If you would turn over to Philippians, 2 and verse 14, this verse here helps me a lot, if I can find it, Philippians 2 and verse 14. Do all things without murmurings murmurings and disputing. That we may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. Without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. You know, when we're we're out there every day, we're we're spending a third to half of our life. We need to be spending that time. Uh, you know, we're working for God. We can't just take off that time and say, "Well, we've got our church life and our Bible studies and this, all this other stuff." It's when God goes the greatest, He's not going to separate things out. He's going to look at our whole our whole body of work. You know, we are working for more than just a paycheck. We're working for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that'll help us. We do that every day. Pray about it. The second point is work hard. My, my style about working is kind of like a, it's not, use a football analogy, I don't run a spread offense and Throw things all over the map, wide open. I'll get nine linemen closely spaced, and we're going to pitch the ball to the tailback, and we're going to run the football. And that's how I approach work. Is I'm going to work hard. Nothing easy. Nothing. No gimmicks. We're just going to run it straight, straight down the field. And that's the way God wants us to be. You know, this this country used to be the top producing the top uh, producing nation in the world the greatest nation in the world as far as work and what it produced but we're not a producing nation anymore consequently we are a debtor nation if you don't work you're going to find yourself uh, consuming and becoming a debtor nation and sadly working hard is not a everyone's vocabulary today. But God made us to be to work, to live and have productive lives. He made our hands to make things, to accomplish, to be creative. One of my favorite scriptures that we'll turn to, Ecclesiastes 9:10. Ecclesiastes 9.10 No, yes. 9.10 Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do do it with all with thy might for there is no work nor device nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Let's break that into three different three different aspects. The first thing is we need to find something that we enjoy doing. If you're going to do something that all day long, and for a good portion of your life, it needs to be something worth doing something that we can do something that we enjoy doing. Too many people today, we get into jobs that we don't enjoy doing and they're miserable. We don't need to do that. Early on, we need to train our young people, young adults, what careers they want to go into. Find the careers where there are jobs and things that they enjoy doing. And the second part of that, do it with all your might and ability. God wants us to be, be accomplishing, doing, producing. And the third emphasis of that is that we have a relatively short amount of time to do it. So we need to set goals to be productive and not procrastinate, to put things off. You know, this goes for our physical work as well as our spiritual work. That's why we're here. We're working on our spiritual lives. You know, too many people today want to find ways of succeeding in life, of providing for their families without working for a living. Are there any other good options out there? Not really. Well, some people steal for a living. But we know from Exodus 20 that that's against God's law, so that's not an option. If we would turn over to Ephesians 4, verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may ha- have to give to him that needeth. Here's a person that stole for a living that has changed his life by working for a living and to the point where he can give to others. What a, what a turnaround! Well, another option out there, I guess, would be what I would call uh, kind of empty pursuits. We could go to Vegas, try to hit it rich. We could try go in up the street here and put in tickets for the lottery. There are a lot of get-rich get schemes out there. It seems like there's more every day out there. Is that what God wants us to really do? Is that preparing us for the? For the kingdom of God? I don't think so. That leaves us with the last and the best option, and that's working for a living. We would turn to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, and verse 19. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. But he that followeth after vain persons shall have po- poverty enough. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. But he that make, maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. And one of the translations I read on this said that you know, it's rendered uh, empty pursuits lead to poverty. And that's so true. Let's look at the, f- at the fourth commandment. And a part of it that gets overlooked. Back to Exodus 20. And verse 9. Six days shall thou labor. And do all thy work you know the emphasis here really is on the Sabbath day and that's why we're here today And that we're keeping God's Sabbath we're resting from our labors our work but it also says we're to work six days I think the you know we try to get by with working three and four days a week that's not what god expects of us expects us to to be working to be using our hands i know that when i'm not working at my real job i'm i'm out working doing something else i've got three teenagers back there i have plenty of projects to keep to keep them busy to help them learn about work and I, i put them i put them to the test I also teach them that, you know, I'm, I'm willing to work right alongside them. I don't make them do any more than than I myself w- am not willing to do. And we need to do that. We need to set the example for our young people. Because I was talking to my wife and she said the same thing. Our young, a lot of our young people don't have a good work ethic and she has problems with she teaches public school. And she sees that every day. He runs into problems with that. Not, like I say, not everyone. I'm sure we have a lot of good kids in here. They're being taught what's right, and being taught how to work. And, but sadly, there's a lot out in the world, uh, people that haven't been brought up right. And it's part of our generation that we're growing up in. You know, I started working, I've been to 36 Feast, I started working 36 years ago, four age 14, building houses. You know, I went to the bank when I was 17 to buy my first vehicle. My parents didn't buy me a vehicle. I paid my insurance. Payments. I try to tell my boys that, but they, they won't listen quite yet. But they're learning. You know, we need to be working, and God tells us, you know, if you don't work, you're not going to have a lot. It's just, you can expect to have poverty if you don't. You would turn over to 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10. For even when we were with you, we, this we commanded you, that if any should not work, neither should should, should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. You know, we need to be teaching our, our children that. It is a very good you know, it's a good, very good thing to work because when we work, we're, we're more like God. That brings me to my third point. Work to be like God. You know, one of the things that I learned from my physical father before he passed away and when I was growing up, as he taught me, I learned from him how to work. You know how I learned that? Because I watched him. I watched him get up at 4am every morning to go work on probably one of the hardest jobs that I know out, out there is he used to work on uh, fixing cars, automobiles. It's, a, it's very tough, grueling work on your body, beating out panels, bondowing, breathing in all that kind of dust and primers and paints. Uh, he did that for many, many years. There were a lot of things about my father that weren't good, but he taught me how how to work. And I grew up wanting to be like my dad, father in that way. He also taught me how to fish, which I, I have a conflict now because I hear lately I've been working too much and haven't been able to fish, and my congregation is getting on to me because we haven't had fish for us. So you get, <laughs> there has to be a balance there, Right? You know, do all things in moderation. But, you know, part of that moderation needs to be, you know, working and doing what God designed us to do, to work. You know, when we work, we are becoming, being like our Father in heaven and our elder brother, Jesus Christ. we we'll would turn over to John 5 and verse 17. You know, a fairly short verse here, but you, but Je- Jesus answered them, "My Father worketh hitherto, and I work." You know, He was saying this in context of the Jewish leaders that were all, were on Christ for healing on the Sabbath day. But it, this verse also lets us know that they're not just up there uh, sitting around watching playing video games they're working they work hither up till now you know, they're still working you know Christ was a, a carpenter before he started his ministry he worked doing that and I started out as a carpenter and I've always enjoyed working with my hands I like working with my mind because I can make maybe a little better money but you know it's all dependent on what your abilities are you need, you need to follow that. I've, I've always said I, if I had to go back and do it again, I might become a plumber because that's a good a good trade, and right now there's a shortage of plumbers. You know we are the workmanship of God's creative hands, and we're made in His image and His likeness. He made us with creative abilities. Your work teaches us so many wonderful, godly principles: to be responsible, to respect authority, those over us, how to deal with other people. You know, when when we get into God's kingdom, there's going to be a lot of dealing with a lot of people, and how to deal with problems and challenges, so we don't need to run away from our challenges problems at work sometimes we want to but we need to learn how to go after them tackle them embrace them and learn from them become better to be better individuals from them and how to use our god God god-given creative abilities there's so many useful character building opportunities that will help us prepare for the future responsibilities in God's kingdom and that brings me to the fourth point and that is preparing for work prepare to work in God's kingdom there is going to be so much work to be done in God's kingdom so many challenges we will never be bored We will never run out of exciting things to do. And the great thing about it, you know, when we work today and work 10, 12 hours, we go home, we're tired. God's kingdom, we're not going to get tired. We'll be spirit beings. We'll be able to continue on every single day and look forward to it. Have the same exhilaration of creating. God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ have. If we just look at some of the things we'll be doing in God's kingdom, what's one of the first things we'll be doing? You know, there's a lot of physical things, but one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to be showing mercy to so many people. There's going to be so many broken-hearted, broken-lived people out there, ones that have survived through The great tribulation. So like Ryan mentioned yesterday, we have a a window to show mercy, to become like God in that way. To reach out our arm around those people because they're going to need it so badly. Another area that we'll be working in is re-education. Satan's system is going to be replaced. With God's system of love, mercy, obedience, and blessings. There's going to be a total uh, reconstruction and rebuilding of planet Earth. You know, from what I read in Ezekiel, uh, Isaiah, re- Revelation, there's going to be a lot of rebuilding that has to be done. We've We're going to have to be ready for that. Many cities will be laid waste, or we'll have to clean up our water supplies or food supplies. You you just think about the contamination associated with uh, nuclear and hydrogen bombs. You know, just think about uh, over in Chernobyl, where they had a nuclear accident. That whole area is still deserted. It's highly radiated, you go in there, and it's going to shorten your life tremendously. things that have already been been done and the things that will happen in the last these last days are going to have to be cleaned up. You know, we look at the situation with in Syria with the chemical weapons there they say they probably have the biggest chemical weapons supply in, in the world but in, in the kingdom of I mean, you know how much of those will have to cle- be cleaned up and removed. Setting up feast sites for millions and up to billions of people—you know—it's that's going to be a big task that we'll have. Changing Earth's, Earth's weather and our landscape. Some of the mountains will be brought low. Some of the oceans will be raised up to make more livable space. We're going to have to, because there's going to be a lot of people. You know, initially in the. Middle, The beginning of the millennium there may be only millions to maybe a billion people left but you think about god's kingdom when children will be able to live to full age people will be be able to live full lives to be able to reproduce there's going to be reproduction like we haven't seen there's going to be a lot of people born in in to the god's kingdom to where at the end of the millennium there could be up to hundreds of Billions of people. Been up to like 40 billion to live up to now. But there'll be in that thousand years there'll be uh, potential for over 100 billion people to be on the Earth. We'll be ruling over cities, counties, states. We don't know the exact number or what God has in store for us. We'll be helping with a new Jerusalem. And the rebuilding of the universe. You know, when Satan had his temper tantrum, you know, a lot of the universe was was laid bare in waste. I mean, you look at Mars and some of these other planets that we can see around us and see evidence of that. You would turn, let's turn over to Romans 8, verse 19, where it talks about the time that we have Ahead of us. A glorious time. And let's actually start in verse 18. I didn't have that on there, but that was my fault. For I reckon that the sufferings of this ple- present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the cre- creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature has was made subject to vanity. Not willingly. But by reason of him. Who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the, the creature itself. Also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole cre- cre- creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together unto now you know how many how many galaxies and stars and, are there out there you know there's estimates of a hundred of the stars a hundred billion times a hundred billion that's a number that I can't even fathom I can't you know if I tried to put all the zeros out there I know I couldn't say it but there's no end out there So brethren, in, in closing, we need to know who we ultimately work for. That's Jesus Christ and God the Father. We need to work hard because we are here. This life is a training ground in how we work. And our work ethic will pay dividends down the road when we have our inheritance in God's kingdom. And We should work, want to work to be like God. We have no better example. And we need to be preparing to work in God's kingdom. So there's going to be a lot to do. For my final scripture, before I turn it over to Gary and let him have it, let's turn to 2 Timothy 2.15. one that we all know quite well but one that we need to practice more than just knowing about it study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth so we need to be that workman when it's studying also, be a workman that's actually doing work in this in our daily lives. So enjoy the rest of this feast, and God bless you.